1: jump into our daily mailbag brian right off the bat here so if you've got questions please put them into the chat we will star them we will get to them let's see what the the people what the what do the people have to say today
2: brian well i think there actually has been a lot of conversation about a, a whole lot of different things but there's been <laughs> really good talk about the this you got y'all actually rallied a, after you know i don't know what the heck y'all were talking about early y'all rallied it. pretty well and there's a lot of good talk about the opponent. So if you have some questions or things you'd like to bring up, please let us know, throw those in there now. Alan Watson kind of kicks things off because I do have a, a serious question. What is the first few days of camp? Like nothing gotcha. like the old well, two a days. Well, definitely uh, nothing like that. No, right? that's those, for sure. no,
1: There are nothing, any days of camp that are like the old two days. Right. Like, that doesn't even exist anymore. And I, I <clears throat> at my school level or the college level, because which
2: I'm so- actually okay with. Yeah, I am too. I,
1: yeah. I, there's there's a piece of me that's like, man, they should do it the way we did it.
2: But then and the like- only justification I had that first thought too, yeah. like, made you mentally tougher. And then you actually sit and think about it, you're like, did it really? <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Is anything about it as a player, like, man, because you're just you're just trying to survive. And I'm like, I understand that makes you mentally tougher, but not at the expense of. Uh, getting good work in from an execution standpoint
1: the the one thing i will say and uh from a high school standpoint so going through two a days and everything in high school we were there from like 7 a.m to like 6 p.m like all day we ate lunch together we just Mm -hmm. we were together for two straight weeks all day long that part i did enjoy you you almost were forced to hang with guys you don't normally hang with and things like that so i do appreciate that part of it but from a coaching standpoint I can't imagine even being a coach back then because it's just like you can get a lot accomplished in a shorter period of time. I will say that, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you can have your meetings, you can have your practices. If you can't get done what you need to get done in 90 minutes to two hours, then you're not doing it right. That's how I right. feel. So right. there, there have been advancements in that kind of a thing. And so from a coaching standpoint, I get it, man. And I also get it where I wanted to be home as a coach. I don't yeah. want to. Being out there all day long like let's get our work in mm-hmm. what we do and let's let's get out of there man let's enjoy at least the last tail end of our summer but anyway for Notre Dame purposes the first few days of camp are helmets only uh it is scheme it is condi- not so much conditioning anymore because they've been doing that all summer so it's drill work it is recognition it is 1v1s and stuff like that, but they're only wearing a helmet for the first few days. Yeah,
2: because it takes a while to get kind of uh, used yeah. to having the equipment on.
1: Absolutely. Then they move into shells, which is helmet and shoulder pads.
2: And they only really. And that's work. for two days, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Or no, one day, because it's day five is when you can go full pads. You can go full pads.
1: And I do they even
2: do two practices a day anymore? I didn't think so. No. So What you can do stuff. is you can do like walkthrough stuff. So like you can kind of, you can, it, there's extra meeting time. There's some walkthrough things you can do, uh, that, that allow you to kind of get back out there. And, but it's not, uh, it's not to the degree right that, right. So, I mean, it's, it used to be, they yeah. step it up.
1: So it's like you, you start with just helmets, then you go to helmets and shoulder pads, then you go to full pads and mm-hmm. then they back it down again. And, and then you start kind of coming off of that
2: and you're not right. really
1: going full pads anymore. So, right. And no, uh, Lucas Chapman, uh, they are not going to Culver. Uh, I believe is what. That's I
2: one thing that we do.
1: Yes, we that's are not the only thing yeah. we know. But they are not going to Culver. So yep. So there you go. And the the decision to do two a days the way they're doing it that's not a Notre Dame decision. That's an NCAA decision. There's rules about all this stuff. Now right. you have to you have to slowly kind of stair step it up. So, but yep. good question. Good question.
2: Yep. I think the other thing too, that I like about, um, I do think I do like about not having two days events is as long as they, you still get the same number of practices in pretty much. Right. But I think there's, there's been a lot of more emphasis on you can do team building without it being the way we used to do team building, which is through the adversity of y'all better survive this second practice. Yeah. yeah, Absolutely. when When we were, when we were kids, it was, you had two days every day for the first like weeks. Yeah. Few weeks and then it was two one two one two one and then he just got rid of it all together, which I, I think is smart. It, right. And again, it's not because it's like oh you're soft, it just you can get that, you can be in great condition and you can get plenty of work in without it being that. Plus, I also like the idea of it allows you more weight room time, yeah. In my opinion, because one thing you could not do in fall camp when I was coaching and when I was playing. I wasn't going to the weight room the next day. Never. I could barely lift my arm up. Yeah, we never hit the weight room during the Right. Two. But now you can. You can get yeah. weight, you can get morning workouts in or evening workouts in and those type of things. So it allows you to continue building and maintaining your strength. Yeah. Uh, which I think is a, a very good thing and to help you work for the season.
1: I will also say when I was in high school, we not only did we do two a days, but in the middle, we would do a walkthrough of special teams. So it's almost like two and a half practices. You know, we didn't have that, yeah. you know, but we were still running down, doing kickoff, and we were doing special teams. They didn't want to worry about special teams during the actual two practice times. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, it was intense back in the day. There's no question about
2: that.
0: Yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. You need Indeed.
2: We we have some people that want to try to get you a fathead poster of Kane Madden.
1: We <laughs> were talking earlier Which,
2: about yeah. Kane,
1: about uh, somebody coming out of the tunnel.
2: With yeah, a, yeah. I mean, all, with... I still feel really bad for Kane Madden because I think he took a lot of the brunt of right. the frustration people have with Jeff Quinn and Brian Kelly. And I don't think that's necessarily fair.
1: I don't think it is either. I think if yeah. he would have come over to Notre, it's not Dame, like he wasn't trying. Oh, absolutely not. Right. If he would have come over and had Harry stand as his coach. Things would have been a little bit different now. Well, yeah, that. he
2: wouldn't have been as, as bad, but he's just well, not well, a Notre Dame well, level player. Well, that might have been replaced, but that that well, he definitely would have been replaced. He wouldn't have started under Harry. Started I'm saying, like, I, yes. I,
1: I we said, and it had nothing to do with him as like individual or anything else. But when they announced that he was coming to Notre Dame, we threw in the tape of Kane Madden at Marshall. Yeah, because they're a pro that football focus, all American, you know, I mean, all this. He, yeah, we broke it down and. I remember I sent the video to Chris Summers, uh, another guy that works with us, and he's your O line guy. Used to be O line coach. I said, hey, because he didn't know this was before they officially announced it, but you knew about oh, it. Yeah. He told me, I said, watch this kid. Tell me what you think of him. He's like, um, he's a good mid level college player. Like I it was don't really
2: good him. Sun Belt caliber. Yeah,
1: absolutely. It but it never, he never translated to being a Notre Dame level player based on the film that I was watching, and it right. proved to be a fact at Notre Dame. And that's unfortunate. They put him in a position to fail, in my opinion, and that's not fair.
2: And and, and the frustration that people had was taken out on him. Yes, I agree. And that's what I agree. I felt bad about, to be completely honest with you. We we got this down here, Vince. Uh, from Irishman seven one one four, coming to y'all from the ER. I oh. mean, to get stitches from accidentally cutting my leg open, I'll be fine. But we still appreciate prayers that it heals soon. Man. We will definitely pray for you. But and uh, I do, <laughs> and, and and our prayers don't come with any conditions, uh, obviously. And we will certainly pray for you. But I do feel like when you say something like you accidentally cut your leg open you got to share that story. (laughs) Like, How did you accidentally cut your leg open? So I'm very curious about that, my friend. Uh, But in all seriousness, you know, uh, heal up. Obviously we appreciate you. And, and uh, we got a dude on a date with his wife, watching the show. We got one of our guys in the ER watching the show. I love this community. If you're not like dying,
1: take long.
2: Love, love this community. I love it. I really do. I really do. Here's a good question from Irish Chi town. What, Brian, what would help Stanford? Oh, the list is long. Well, I mean if if I'm being serious, number 1, David Shaw needs to be rejuvenated a little bit. I think he's gotten very complacent, comfortable. And 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 I think part of it is because there is no pressure from Stanford to take the next step. I just don't think they really care about whether or not their football team is good cuz it's just yeah. like we'll we'll get our Pac-12 money, but Stanford's a lot like their name. They don't need the TV money. You know, like they're they're doing fine. And they're so good at everything else but football. I mean, Stanford has—if you take football out, Stanford probably has the nation's best sports program. I mean, they're in that conversation every year, Vince, because they're so good at all the Olympic sports. Their women's basketball team, then their women's basketball team won the title a couple of years ago. Tara Vander, what's a Vanderveer, right? She's been there forever, yeah. And she won another title a couple of years ago, I believe. Yep. You know, they're always great in swimming and golf and all these different sports. I mean, Tiger Woods is an alum and all that other kind of stuff. But yep. You know, it's just their football team. I just don't think they care. You know, look, all the facilities in the world would help. But, look, they're so behind the times in how they run their program. Like I, I, I still don't think they allow early enrollees. They just now started letting kids visit early. Right. Because like they, they wouldn't. Right. Before
1: you had to be accepted into
2: the school. Right. Think to officially right. get a scholarship and all these right, different things. Yeah. I mean, it just it's it, they're so behind the game and yeah. what they do. And then you you need grinders. Yeah. Like I was talking to a buddy of mine, and he was like, they were like the one of the last schools to figure out how to use Zoom and recruit them like Stanford. Stanford it's was one of like smartest people. You should have had someone from your school should have invented this new program, right? You know, that that you know, and it yeah. it's just it it reminds me a lot of Notre Dame sort of in the tie and Davy era. The talent's not the same anymore. You don't have an administration that necessarily cares, right? You don't necessarily have a, a an institution that is willing to pay the money to, to build the things up, but more so you don't have coaches in place that have a sense of urgency to do the things that they need to do. and And unfortunately, I think – you know, like, like Stanford used to be. We've talked about this before, won't rehash it, but they were such a good physical running team and now they're soft. How does that happen? Yeah, right. That's complacency. Yes. It's you've lost your edge. And so, honestly, Irish High Town, until David Shaw gets his edge back or they make a coaching change, and I would never advocate for Stanford firing David Shaw. I feel like, yeah, you know,
1: he's you kind of earned. And he, he, I think he's an alum.
2: Like, he, he's a good
0: yeah. fit. Here.
1: It's just. Right. I feel like he's complacent. Like he's Somebody calm.
2: needs to step in and say, hey, coach, right? right. Like, we got to, we got to do. And he's always like talking to the media and he's doing the NFL draft stuff. And I just think he's comfortable. Yeah. And when you're comfortable, a lot of times you lose your edge. That's true. Yeah. That's true, man. I see it all the time yeah. at
1: the level I'm around all the time. Yeah. I see it all the time. Coaches get comfortable and it is kind of expect it to be how it always yeah. was. And when
2: you're comfortable, you're going to surround yourself with people that aren't going to rock that boat. And exactly. yeah, Lance Anderson's not very good, but you know, he, he does what I want him to do. And he, you know, and, and I just, you know, and the other thing too, is he's made some bad hires. Look, Stanford is uh, about four, three or four really good hires away from getting back on track. Cause the thing about Stanford, they can still recruit. Sure. Right. I mean, they just went and got Cedric Irvin jr, which I I'm very happy about. I mean, I, I look at their, you know, Walter Rouse was a highly ranked guy. Miles Hinton was a five-star guy. Tanner McKee was a highly ranked recruit. Michael Wilson was a four-star. Elijah Higgins was a four-star. Ben Urasek was a four-star. I mean, they got a lot of highly ranked guys, and they've been able to do that. They haven't made their standards tougher. They have to, as an institution, adjust and say, "Hey, as long as they're bringing in the same quality of student, we can change the, with the we can change our processes to match the the, the modern." Realities of recruiting, you know, early enrollees and stuff like that. As long as kids still, you know, meet meet your your standards, you can do that. But it's it's really about you got to get back to getting those guys in the static that can grind yeah. and that'll put into work and that have the ability. I mean, it, it, they really they started losing their edge when they lost Derek Mason, and and they lost. Uh, um, I'm trying to remember his name. Vince uh, was it Bloomgren? Mike Bloomgren was their O line coach who left right. to become the head coach at at Rice. Gotcha. They've never been the same team since they left. They've been soft up from of the offensive line. They've been soft on defense. They ha- they've lost their – they had some athletes. I mean, this is a place that's produced some legitimate NFL DBs. They used to be beating Notre Dame for DBs every year. Yeah, they did. And, and and guys that were drafted high. They beat them for Tom Carter's kid. They beat them for Justin Reed. They beat them for a lot of different kids that Notre Dame wanted in and, and the secondary, and that just stopped Pat Paulson hey. Adebo. Right. Had had some dudes at running back. You know, yeah. And they've they've lost lost all that long line of good running backs. They've become soft. And I just think that only changes if David Shaw kind of says, you know what? I I, I miss winning. (laughs) And I think this year could be a bit of a, you know, like, look, they weren't good in 2019. They had a ton of injuries. And the, the crazy thing is he's had better quarterbacks in recent years than he did when they were really, really good. Like, if some of those, if, I love Kevin Hogan, right? But he was limited as a player. If they had Tanner McKee and, and Davis Mills on those teams, phew, you know what I mean? Like, look what they were when they had Andrew Luck. Right. I mean, Davis Mills davis Mills was a third-round pick, despite the fact he hardly played at all in college. That's how talented he is. Tanner McKee's a guy that people think's a first-round pick. Quarterback, they're still good. It's everything else around him the, the edge, the toughness. When was the last time you watched Stanford play Notre Dame or anybody invention, you're like, man, that looked like a vintage physicals. Stand- no, Notre Dame yeah. just pushed him around last year. Absolutely. They pushed him around in 2019, right? And that 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 used to be the other way around. Stanford was pushing Notre Dame around. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And and honestly, yeah. until they get back to that, it's they had to get over true. that
1: Stanford hump. Yeah. Remember, I mean, there, that well, was yeah. that was a legit problem for Brian Kelly. He couldn't get over the Stanford hump, and then when he finally did. That also kind of coincided with the Stanford fall from greatness, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. that was a huge hurdle. I remember talking about that with you. Like, why they have this problem with Stanford? They just cannot beat Stanford because they yeah. could never match the physicality.
2: Kelly started two and six against Stanford. Right. Two and six. He finished his career with a losing record against Stanford. Correct. I mean, and they and again, but look at the teams they beat. They beat a nine and five team who finished unranked and then the last two teams they beat were four and eight, three and nine garbage. Yeah. But still, right. I mean, that was to your point is they've, they've, they've lost that. They're not that team anymore, but to your point, we talked about this in 2012 Vince, that was the game. If you beat Stanford, if you can beat that Stanford team, you could beat anybody. And that right. was the mentality the Notre Dame had. Yeah. And now it's just like, Oh, just another blip on the radar. So get- yeah, we can get our, we can get our, uh, our, our backups ready for this game. Yeah. I, I don't want to see that like that, right. But yeah, it's, it's going to have to be about, for it's going to be – so Shaw's going to have to get back on track and they're going to have to – this institution going to have to adapt to the changing world of college football, not by changing their standards, but changing their willingness on timing and and being able to, to do other type of things like that. Michael John, this is an interesting question, Vince. Michael Johnson, Vince and Brian, out of all the bottom tw- teams, how many players could play at Notre Dame? So let's just say guys that could be starters at Notre Dame. Okay, because that's important. Yeah. I think right. starters – the the level here there's nobody at UNLV um in my opinion there's nobody at Navy there's nobody coming back at Cal that I view that way I feel the same way about Marshall Stanford has some guys that I would take at Notre Dame their corner and, and I still can't get this kid's name right let me just give me a second it's uh, he's got like kind of like two last names just give me a second I apologize but uh, he's a he's a guy that some people think is a, a potential first round pick. He's an all Pac twelve guy, and that's going to be something I'm going to talk about with Syracuse as well. Uh, it is where is he? All right, let's go past defense. Just give me a second here. Apologies. Uh, Here we go. Caillou Blue Kelly. Uh, he he's a really good player, and. Garrett Williams for Syracuse at corner is a really good player. Those are two guys that I think could definitely start opposite Cam Hart. No question about it, in my opinion. That's no slap in the face to to Clarence Lewis. It's just those guys are really good football players. Uh, So they both could play there. Uh, Sean Tucker would be a pretty darn good running back at Notre Dame. I mean, he rushed for 1,400 yards last year running behind the Syracuse offensive line, Vince. He he could could do (laughs) some things at Notre Dame. Stanford, honestly, here's the funny thing is Stanford probably has the, the, the most right. players that could play at Notre Dame you rattled
1: off a bunch of offensive linemen that, that, you know, were four or five star guys. Right. I mean, it, right. It, some dudes there for sure. It's not
2: coach. You give Harry, he yeah. some of those kids. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'd be happy about that. I mean, Tanner McKee a guy that people project as a first round pick quarterback. Right. So, you know, he could play at Notre Dame. Let's just say, let's just say Tyler Buckner had an injury and Tanner McKee under the portal, I would be begging Notre Dame to go after Tanner McKee. I'm not going to say that now because I want to see what Tyler Buckner can do. But y- if if that, if he wasn't there, I would be beg- – because, again, he's not a very mobile guy, but you'd be playing behind a really good offensive line, and he's got a really big arm. Uh, to me, if Notre Dame had Michael Wilson, if he's healthy as their boundary receiver, I'd be feeling really good about their receiving core going into the season. They got a couple guys like that. Tremaine's a kid that I think could play the boundary for Notre Dame. So they've got some kids that they just don't have as many as they used to in the trenches, especially on defense. And I think that's the that's the bigger thing for me, Vince, that I would say those kind of guys. And I'll, I'll tell you what, right now, I mean, if Notre Dame, if he was in the portal and Notre Dame has some depth issues right now, it, it, the Rashim Ali kid at Marshall's good football player. Like, I wouldn't bring him in to start, but if, you know, with Notre Dame's injury issues, let's just say that Logan Diggs wasn't coming back at any point in time this year, and they need another running back and that kills in the portal, I'd, I'd, I'd talk to him. Yeah. I'd definitely talk to him. And Sean Tucker can definitely play there. Any any others, events that you can think of, or did I nail them all? You nailed them. Got him. Okay. I, the Stanford one, though, the old line that you brought up, I, th- that's, that's the one position you're like, yeah, there's some dudes that can right. battle. Which is what surprises
1: me about how bad they are. You know what I mean? Right. Or exactly. They are. Were. Well, they
2: are because they haven't proven that they're any better. I mean, they they literally ran for less than 100 yards per game last year. Right. You know, it's uh, it's embarrassing. It really is.
1: Rob Osgood says, I love the schedule. The bigger games are spread out a little. I think this helps Notre Dame in a huge way. I do feel that the first four games will tell a lot about the team. Thanks, guys. I agree. I, I think there's a little bit of everything in the, four, in the first four games. So I think you're going to find out a lot about this team mm-hmm. for sure you'll continue learning about them as the season wears on, because I do – we've talked about this before. I like how the schedule kind of lines up. We, when we were talking about the quarters and things like that, Like I like how this schedule lines up and how things mm-hmm. are spread out and, and and the order and the homes and the aways and all of that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if you want to break it down, I think the first four games are going to be very telling about Notre Dame. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: If I could do anything different, I'd want November to be not quite as daunting. You know, I'd rather have that kind of in October yeah. than maybe – but anyway, but yeah, but here's the nice thing about it, Vince. You're if USC is what they what we people think they are, and Clemson is what we think there are, and and BC's improved what you and I both think that they will be because they weren't in this conversation. You're going to have a lot of statement games to make in, in November, which has been one of the issues Notre Dame has had in recent years. There's their November games have been kind of eh, yeah. you know. Because teams have been down. They're gonna make you know? and, and the one year that they did have a big November victory was when they beat Clemson, which that win helped spark them to get to the playoff, even though they lost to Clemson in the ACC title game. So that is going to be the good thing. You're going to have Clemson. You're going to have BC and USC in November. So the whole, well, Notre Dame doesn't play anybody. and all, Well, yeah. if, if those teams are what we think they're going to be or what other people think they're going to be, sure. a combination of the two, Notre Dame's going to end the season with some really quality wins. That are going to be statement wins. So that is the counter. I'm just more looking at it as like that's when you're usually pretty worn down and sure. And, and it's my BK PTSD of the 2017 season and how that ended because you had a tough November. So I'm gonna be honest, I have a little bit of that in me as well. <laughs> it's real.
1: Yep. Okay. I've been I've been thinking about this question for a while. Uh from Archer452, our resident Ohio State fan. Thanks for hanging out with us. Question and Yes, what?
2: we will always call you that, Archer. It's out I- of love
1: who you are brother uh what are the five college football stadiums you haven't been to that you would love to visit now my list i'm guessing is going to be way different than brian's because he's been a
2: way more well-traveled than i (laughs) am um so there's there's schools on my list that i would have had had i not had a chance to be there yet yes absolutely
1: correct um okay i have like nine things written down so i'll let you okay you can give you can give them So, and they're not in in really necessarily in any order, but they were as I was thinking of them as we were going. So, I would love to go to the cocktail party at Ole Miss. I I think that would be a lot of fun, uh, seeing what that really any SEC team, but like Ole Miss, like that kind of a thing. I think is really intriguing for the atmosphere and all of that. So, that would be one. I had Georgia written down. I know you've been to Georgia, Brian. Mm -hmm. I'll write out Penn State. Even though I can't stand Penn State, I still think that that would be a cool thing to see in person. Just that massive stadium, everything. Like, I think that'd be pretty cool to see. A night game, mm-hmm. that would be cool. Gonna get a chance to see Ohio State, I think. So I, I, I have them on my list. So that would be one I can check off this year. So I'm excited about that. I've got Texas, Oklahoma at the old Cotton Bowl. And I've been to, oh, okay. I, I would okay. like the old Cotton Bowl. I, okay. I. I I think that one would be cool. I know they play at Jerry's World now, I believe. Um, uh, but I think that one would be really
2: cool. Well, Texas and Oklahoma don't play there anymore still. They 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 don't play in Jerry World. Yeah. Oh, the Cotton Bowl's played there, but I still think I still believe that Texas and Oklahoma still play old Cotton Bowl. I st- yeah, cuz it's an outdoor game. Okay, then yeah, then go. Yeah. You- yeah, let me just look that up. I don't know if it's the old Cotton Bowl, but they 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 play outside. Uh, the red river shootout oh i guess they don't call it that anymore uh let's see where it is played still it's still played at the cotton bowl yeah uh the cotton bowl inside fair park in and out yeah so it's still played in the cotton bowl so that's more of a game you'd like to go see yeah yes. that i would love that that'd be i would love to go cover that game or not cover that could be at that game someday. Yeah, someday.
1: like that would be awesome i don't know what side i would sit on because it's like literally split down the middle you
2: know what i just mean just try to get it like midfield yeah. and then you can wear like the you can like pull Brady Quinn's sister, right? Like have the Oklahoma on one side and the Texas on the other side. Awesome, That'd be pretty cool.
1: That's awesome. Um, I, I do have Clemson written down. I think the the, the I, I would like to see you know them in running there, and all that. Like, I, that's I, pretty that, cool. It's a cool thing. I would like to see that in person. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Video today for whatever reason. It came Even up. in pouring rain, it was pretty cool, Vince. Yeah, I, I that would be cool to see. I would like to see that. I know this one might not be popular for other people and it's not really a stadium, it's more of a game, but I would like to go to the Army Navy game someday. I think yeah. that would be cool to see. Just one time. Yeah. See it and say that I've been there. Um and then my last two, I've got Oregon on there for a couple reasons. One, I just want to see what Nike does at Oregon. Like I just want to sure. see the facilities. I've never been to the North uh the Northwest before, ever. So I think that would be cool as part of it. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. go to Oregon. I think that would be cool. My last one is the Rose Bowl, UCLA. I would like to go to the Rose Bowl. I've never been to the Rose Bowl. Um, I if I have to pick a team in LA to go see, it's certainly not going to be uh USC. And I've heard the Coliseum is a dump. I don't want to go there. It
2: is, it is, but I promise you, you'll want to go there for a game. Fair enough. And here's why, because the Coliseum is a flipping dump and you'll, you may right. make the mistake I did. I was joking with Sean about this the other day, uh, Sean Davis. And I was like, I'm driving to the game because his daughter goes to USC. And so I'm driving to the game and I, and I made a left where I thought I should have, I made a left where I should have gone straight. I'm driving. I'm like, Oh, that's Crenshaw Boulevard. <laughs> I recognize this area. This was some boys in the hood. I'm turning around. <laughs> I'm not going the right direction. It is a dump, but when you're standing on the field after the game and you're thinking about the fact, you look up and you're like, "Dude, this is where the Olympics were held. Yeah. This is where Super Bowl that's number one history. was played." Yeah, it's, it's more of the nostalgia than the stadium. And I think that's that would be the thing that you'd get caught up in if you were at that. If you were at that, Vince, I think. Yeah, yeah. you know, but the the stadium is a dump. The area around it is a dump. I've heard like there's rats running around and just I've never seen that. Yeah, I've
1: never seen that. that It wouldn't shock me. Right. It wouldn't shock me. I just have never seen it. It's on top of the press box, you know, at one point. Like, I don't know. It just sounds very high schoolish in that regard. So, Mm
2: -hmm. but anyway,
1: so I, yeah. That's my list. That's my list. That's a good list. I did have the big house on there, but I went in there, and that was everything that I hoped it would be, and uh, it was awesome. So, I mean, there's a few that I've been to, but not enough.
2: Yeah. So I've I've been lucky. I've been to Clemson for a game. I've been to Georgia for a game. I went to Ohio State as a kid. That was the first college football game I ever went to was at Ohio State. And it was 1989. It was the year before Barry Alvarez got hired at Wisconsin. They blew out Wisconsin late in the year. Scotty Graham went off. Greg Fry was their quarterback. Remember him, Vince? Mm-hmm. So that's how far back that goes. Yeah. I've been to Texas. Darrell K Royal would have been one on my list. I've been to Michigan. I've been to USC. Uh, trying to think of some other cool places that I've been. I've been lucky enough. To. I've been to Jerry World for that. Obviously, uh, I've been to Virginia Tech. You know, that's one a lot of people have on their list. I've been yeah, to North yeah. Carolina. You know, a lot of those places. Been to NC State. The places I would would still like to go see, I would I, I'm I'm actually very excited that Notre Dame has a home and home of Florida. And I'm still hoping that by then the the swamp is still a thing because I would I've been in the swamp, but I've never been to a game at the. swamp. Yeah, I would like to go to that as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that would be pretty cool. I'd love to see a game in Alabama again. Uh, it's not so much that I think the stadium is cool, but I, I, I'd like to be in Tuscaloosa to see what sure. it's like. T-Town and all that. But it's also the nostalgia, the, the, the games that have been played there. I'm still mad at myself for not seeing a game, uh, in, at Oklahoma. The fact that I got out of this business to go coach for two years and missed that game. I'm still pissed at myself for that, Vince, to be honest with you. Um, I'd love to see a game at Boise. I think that'd be really cool. I heard Boise is a cool little town. I'd love to see the blue field and all that. Uh, I would really like to see a game in Neyland stadium, Tennessee. I think that'd be a really cool place. I've been to Penn state and, and the stadium just was kind of like, I went there for a basketball game number of years ago and, uh, the football team just kind of looked like just big, uh, yeah. you know. I think the whiteout maybe'd be cool, but just whatever. Uh, hey, we're all wearing white T-shirts. Woohoo! Real creative, right? Um, but the Rose Bowl is the last one, I, I, and I don't care. I, I would, I would rather. I I want to see a game there. I would prefer that it actually be a Rose Bowl. Fair but enough. But if it's just a UCLA home game, that'd be cool too.
1: I think that'd be a pretty cool I, thing. I I would not mind seeing the UCLA USC game where they both wear home jerseys. I still think that's pretty stinking cool. Yes, I was talking I, about
2: that in a show the other day. We're talking about at the Oregon show I was on the other night. It's like that's the traditions that I'm I love about college football that sadly we're losing. I dig that a lot. Yeah. That stuff just doesn't matter uh, as much. So. so, you know, yeah. Uh, here's one I didn't think about, but now it's on my list. I come. This is another one that if I would have gone through all the schools, I would have added right. to my list. There's going to be some that I'm gonna I'm gonna. Kind of think about like, oh man, I should have talked about that one, right? Like the Boise one, I added late um, because as I'm kind of going through the conferences in my head, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, I think the the Egg Bowl would be kind of fun, but I don't really care about going to that stadium, you know, which is kind of the, the question. So I mean, I don't care so much about that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think
1: I picked some more like the atmospheres and not necessarily the stadium yeah. itself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's definitely part of it for sure. Yeah. Army Navy, they hold that in an NFL stadium. Like I, I, yeah. I just want to be there for the Army Navy game, right? You know mean?
2: Right. That's Those hard. are cool games. Like if the question was, what are five games you want to see, like that, like the Cotton Bowl, Oklahoma yeah. Tech Texas be on there. I'd want to go to Ohio State Michigan game. Right. I just would, uh, you know. And here is the here is how bad Michigan is. I'd rather see it in Columbus. <laughs> because I don't want to go back to Ann Arbor forever oh, yeah. for anything. Yeah. Uh, you know, like – so a lot of those were you – know, Alabama, I'd love to go to an Iron Bowl. Yeah. I'd love to go to an Iron Bowl. Uh, you know, so those are all – and I'd still – you know, I don't give too much – two rips about basketball, but I still would love to go to North Carolina Duke game. I would love to be at a North Carolina Duke basketball game. That's the only basketball rivalry I've ever wanted to ever have any interest yeah, in. I would want to go to it at Duke. I want to see – Probably. You oh, see would. those nut jobs in action. You know yeah, I mean, yeah. Look, I'm, I'm rather – I would
1: rather be at Cameron Indoor than, than North Carolina's uh, arena just right. because of the history and whatnot. And it's just,
2: right.
1: it doesn't look like a basketball arena with all that wood paneling. It looks like a gym. It yeah. looks like a gym. Yeah. I, I dig that, man. Yeah. As much as I yeah. dislike Duke, I would love to see that. I would. In yeah.
2: Got a few more we're going to get to here, Vince. I think I, we, somebody was joking with me on the board there. Like, you say we got a couple more, and then like 45 minutes later, you're still answering questions. Yeah, you know. Y'all keep bringing them in. Uh, Tyler Bengi, here we got one from him. Yeah, this is Brian and Vids. Any thoughts on the health of universities and
1: finances with more booster money going to the students with NIL? Some schools might
2: struggle more with lesser endowments. Well, endowments don't have anything to do with football. Correct. Like Notre Dame is not tapping uh, into their twenty billion dollar endowment I think for the sports think People are
1: going to be donating to NIL as opposed to sure. donor endowment. I think that's what maybe,
2: but honestly, the numbers for NIL are going to be small compared to athletic budgets. I mean, like Ryan Day is complaining about needing $13 million. If you look at like what teams are spending on their budgets, it's like, okay, it's not that much. But I do think it's going to hurt some teams. I I really do, because not every program has that. Florida State doesn't have the kind of booster program that can do both really effectively. You know, and so I I do think it'll hurt. But look, here's the bigger problem. There are, and and COVID exposed this exponentially. Mm -hmm. There are so many sports programs that do not have any semblance of understand how to live within their means. Right. Absolutely. And COVID exposed. Right. Me. And that's why TV money is what they're all chasing, because that's how they get more to then be able to spend all their things. And that's why Notre Dame isn't in the same situation as other schools are. People can complain about oh, Notre Dame. Notre Dame is one of the very few institutions that operates in the black in regard to where they are. And they're doing that with a way smaller TV deal than those other teams. And there's a lot of reasons for that, that I don't really care to get into, but that's, that's a big reason why Notre Dame isn't chasing the max deal for TV. They want a bigger deal, but here's something people have to remember too, because this constant talk about, they're going to be forced to the big 10 within the next three years. Notre Dame is going to have a new apparel deal and a new TV deal. That's going to be much bigger than what they've had. So any budgetary concerns Notre Dame may have are going to be gone in three years. And, and again, Notre Dame is, is in good position where they are. But, but the thing is, is like, it's like, just think about this. This is what people have to remember. Notre Dame signed with Under Armour for $90 million. Two years. This was in 2014. That deal expires in 2024. Two years later, Michigan signed a deal with Nike for 160 million. I was in 2016. What is Notre Dame's apparel deal going to be in two years? And I can assure you that Notre Dame has been in conversations with all the apparel companies. Know very well Let's when Notre gonna, Dame's Under Armour deal's I'm out.
1: It's going to blindly re up. Okay, Under- well,
2: if deals up. What are we going to do now? They're already in those conversations. NBC runs out in twenty twenty five. Trust right. me, Notre Dame has already had some level of. Hey, we're open to listen. You know, CBS right. is talking about wanting to get back into college football. They don't have the SEC anymore. Fox Sports would love to have Notre Dame, even if it's not as part of the Big Ten. I'm just telling right. y'all, right? So that's why I keep saying, like, Notre Dame's going to be fine. People need to calm down and not panic. And if Notre Dame chooses to join a conference because they just wanted to join a conference, it's not because they're, they need the money. Uh, that's the reality of it. Here we go. Here's another one, Vince. Uh, we
1: are not Marshall Brian and Vince. How many times does Ohio State put it on the ground due to the crazy pressure Notre Dame puts on their O-line and backfield? That's hmm. that's quite the speculation at this point that they're gonna like fumble
2: it multiple times. Right. <laughs> I mean that's... I don't care if they put it on the ground ever. Yeah, right. What I care about is just put him put the quarterback on the ground
1: right exactly he can
2: still have the ball in his hand I don't care just put him on the ground great if they put the ball on the ground a couple of times right.
1: if they do that and Notre Dame is able to recover it's a different ball game I mean let's be right. honest I can't predict that that Ohio State is just going to fumble the ball multiple times right. I, I would love for that to happen but I cannot predict that to happen I feel like Notre Dame is going to put a lot of pressure on the offensive line in the backfield yeah. and that's the way if there's right. a script that you're writing to win the game that needs to happen you know what I mean? Right. A, a fumble would be great, but I can't predict that they're gonna fumble it.
2: I don't I don't think you kind of go into the game planning for that. I mean it's you practice turnovers, right? I mean you, you work on those kind of things, but it's not no so much that I'll say this those are things that are gonna help Notre Dame win, is if they can force some of those. Uh because again, if you can get the ball, I don't care if it's sacks or or you know forcing punts or whatever it's it's get the ball but turnovers are usually the best cuz they tend to be either drive killers meaning you turned it over in your opponent's territory or they're right. drive starters meaning like you get the ball at the 35 going in mm-hmm. and so i think those are always always positives that you want to see uh from your football team um uh, and that's something that Notre Dame obviously is going to have to be able to do. Well, look, they, and you got- they, they can't let CJ Stroud get, the, get comfortable in the pocket. You, you want to win the turnover battle,
1: right? And, yeah. and forcing a couple of fumbles is going to aid you greatly in winning that battle, right? Notre Dame has to protect the football and they got to try to take it away. That would be
2: fantastic mm-hmm. if they could do that. Yeah.
0: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus twenty four seven customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quitgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
2: Let's go to the next one, Vince. I love this isn't a this isn't a um Question, but I just love the excitement that Bernie has here. <laughs> Bernie says, "Don't forget
1: about our two playoff opponents, Alabama and Georgia. Go Irish! Fourteen
2: and O." Is he yeah. talking about going to see their stadiums? Uh, he's basically saying that Notre Dame. He's, he's saying, oh, like, okay. as we're ranking yeah. opponents, Ain't he's talking talking saying, "Don't so forget their I, playoff I, opponents. They're going to play Band on well, Georgia. Beat it them both be and, the next show. <laughs> yeah. it would be. Our next show. We'll, we'll do that show in uh, December." When the playoff (laughs) gets announced. It it would be a pop app show. Yeah, yeah. Here's a question. Archer, 452, is USC Notre Dame's biggest rival? Yes. Uh, If so, what is the atmosphere at that game? Depends if they're good or not. Like, here's the thing. If Ohio State and Michigan are both four and seven, that game is still going to, from an intensity standpoint, still going to feel like it's, you know, a a big rivalry. If USC is not good, people in California don't care about that game. They don't come. Like, so you'll have a lot more Notre Dame people there than USC
1: people. Story for you. So back in the mid 2000s, when USC was really, really good, Mm -hmm. uh, people came to that game like they were coming to Notre Dame to watch that game. And they would have a gigantic pep rally on Navy Pier in Chicago for USC fans. And I went with my cousin because she's a USC grad. And, you know, we have that we have a friendly rivalry going on between us. And I went to the pep rally for USC. Of course, I was decked out in all my Notre Dame gear mm-hmm. and every twenty-year-old. But um, th- that entire pep rally then got mm-hmm. in their cars and came to the game. And there was a there was a huge USC following at the game. When USC is not good, they don't travel. They're not no. traveling across the country. They're not making Notre Dame is not a destination for USC fans when USC. Mm-hmm. They're just not. Yeah. So. When there's a ton of USC fans, it's a great atmosphere. When they don't show up, it's not a great atmosphere because it's mostly Mm -hmm. Notre Dame fans. Everybody's on the same side. And, you know, yeah, so absolutely. I'm with you 100% on that one. Baby Huey has one here. Brian, during your interview with the Oregon podcast, you talked about how bad the pac officials are. How would you rank conference officials. Obviously, we're going to stick with the Power Five, I would imagine. Let's
2: go with them in their own league because I, I would say my if I'm talking about Notre Dame games, I'm going to have a very negative opinion towards the Big Ten because I think they purposely rig games. I mean, I think they rig games. I think they purposely m- screw Notre Dame, right? I don't know if it's trying to rig a game. It's just, you know, whatever. But if you're just talking about in-game, I would I'd probably put I'd probably put the big 12 in the sec at the top, be honest with you big 10. I'd probably have third and then ACC is a distant fourth. Like those three are all kind of, you know, they're all decent. You know, they're all decent. They're all good crews, I think for the most part, especially when it's a league game. But I think that uh big, the ACC's officiating is not good. There's a couple good crews, but overall it's just not good. Yeah. And part is cause they don't pay. I mean, from things I've heard about like what they, I mean, you, you know, so why would I, Why would a good official want to be in the ACC, right? And then Pac-12 is like distant fifth. So, like, there's distance between the thir- top three in ACC, and then there's distance between the ACC and the Pac-12. I mean, they're just incompetent. I yeah. mean, it's just the incompetent. I mean, they'll, they'll do things like, I mean, how many times in the last five years has the Pac-12 had to come out and apologize after a game for, we got this really wrong? Meaning, like, not that you missed a call, but we interpreted the rules incorrectly. You know what I mean? Like you don't even know the rules that you're trying to enforce. Right. You know, it's just stuff like that where it's like, wow, how do you how do you miss that? Yeah. How exactly. do you miss that? So I just, man, I don't, I don't see that one.
1: J wick 13. Do you think Notre Dame gets their own channel? Like the Longhorn network. If they leave NBC, I'm assuming all the content on Peacock would have to go with Notre Dame. Well, it wouldn't go with them because when they created that content, it was the property of NBC. So that, it's not going to go away. Like it's probably, I don't know why they would still have it on there, but it's not going to go with Notre Dame. If that makes sense. Notre Dame will have copyright issues over their actual broadcast, like the actual games, but any of the extra content Notre Dame doesn't, I don't believe Mm -hmm. has access to that. As far as having their own network, if they get picked up by ESPN, will they have an Notre Dame channel? Maybe I just don't know that I see that. There might be an extra content situation like they use Peacock for if they go to CBS. Notre
2: Dame will absolutely have their own channel, but it won't be like the Longhorn Network. It'll be more like um, where they put like videos and highlights, and you've got to like pay a subscription service for exactly. that stuff. They may then put like. You know some of their smaller sports on there, if you know that aren't part of deals, and but it'll be more of like a, it'd be more of something like that we would do. They'll put interviews on it. Right. They'll put, right. you know, the the highlights from the game that they normally put on Twitter. They may put on there if you want to watch them. You have to go there. I mean, it, you know, is not
1: making a TV deal with a non-air channel, so then right. you have a to have access to their games. They're not going to do that. They're going to go with a Fox, a CBS. Well,
2: not not this next time. Maybe yeah. 10 years down the road depending on where streaming is going and all that stuff maybe, but you're correct Vince. Their next deal will be with someone big, but it will be with someone big who is going to offer some sort of streaming that's, option. That's, correct. And I get that. And I
1: would totally be on board with that, but their ex yes. games I feel are going to be on network TV. If
2: Notre Dame really wanted to make some money in my opinion, and I don't know if, if, you know, I just think this would work. Maybe it wouldn't. And I'm sure they've done the numbers, but I would have sort of like a subscription service and, and like where, you know, your production team and all that kind of stuff. I mean, you're, so you're sitting like you're having sit downs with coaches. You're like having film sessions. You're having like, yeah. Like I'll put all my highlight recaps on there. Just charge a few bucks a month. You, can you know, and, and you, yeah, know. and you you can watch the live. Like I take the live. I would do. I would honestly. I would take the live. If you did that, I would then take the. I, mean, I wouldn't do it now, but if you did that, I'd take the the video feeds off of off of YouTube live and Twitter live. You know, and just say, hey, look, if you want to watch these, you got to you got to put them on the, the subsur- subscription service because we can't play the whole video, right? Right, we can only play three minutes of it, right? right. And so. I think there's a lot of things they could do and then they could charge at least l- a low enough amount to where normal folks could afford it. Sure. Right. Um, and I think that'd make them some good money. And then that there'd be some cool things they could do with that, but Absolutely. it wouldn't be something like where they would do that for, like you said, for games, you right. know, or, or you know, need to be accessible. Right. For free. Right. Cause the thing too is, is that would cost them. They would have to be the ones to pony up to invest in that as opposed to getting the deal somebody else is paying to, and now you're now part of your deal with CBS hypothetically is, Hey, we're going to pay you 40 million a year. And part of our deal is we're going to invest in what we have to do. R and D wise to get this Notre Dame streaming channel as part of the deal that right. they would then be the ones to create what we just talked about where Notre Dame then could reap the, you know, the percentage of the cut of the subscriptions, but right. It would be the other group doing all the R and D to get it going. That would be the ideal thing to do. Yep, uh, in that regard. So Great. good 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 thoughts. Vince very good thoughts. All right, let's go here. Last, I think we're we're getting near the end now. Okay, so from Brandon
1: Linsner, he says, "Brian, do you guys believe this year's Marshall team is better than last year's
2: Toledo team that Notre Dame faced?" It's a little too early to tell. I think Marshall last year was better than Toledo last year in my opinion. I just don't know if this Marshall team will be as good. Because, again, they lost a lot of their alignment. And, then you know, T- Toledo had some athletes last year. They had decent guys coming back. I think both of them are coached well. Uh, I think Jason Candles is a good football coach. I think he hired good coordinators. I mean, we talked about him getting Vince Karras from Mount Union, who was the head coach of Mount Union, won multiple national titles, uh, following his dad's footsteps. He hired him as D coordinator. He's done a really nice job with them since he's come over. So I would say I would say Marshall's probably a little bit bigger they they're they're, just, they're a little bit stronger, you know, just size-wise. I think both have pretty decent athletes. I just don't know what Marshall's going to have coming back. That's the thing. I don't know enough about the guys stepping into the lineups that, to to say, but based on last year they were. Yes, yeah. they were. They were. I just don't know if that's going to be the case this year
1: Even without Kane Madden. Be nice. Be nice. He left 2 years yeah. ago. Egg me on in the chat. I couldn't help it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yep. So, so you're just so I mean. Or it just punched me right so mean. it's what's gonna happen. Yep. Yep. Uh here we go. Tom Flavin says a Notre Dame fan since 1953. I will never go to the Coliseum again. 1964, 74, and 2014. Worst Notre Dame losses I've ever seen. Yes, Tom, we are gonna definitely blame you for that. <laughs> uh, and uh and and say that you're not welcome back to the Coliseum. Right. What? Uh, if it makes you feel better, I'll probably never watch another game there either. But it has nothing to do with the Coliseum.
1: I, I, I like this comment from Archer, though. He's yes. Tom going years that end in four, probably. there you
2: go. There so. You go. <laughs> yeah, so this year you'd be good yeah. 2022. Do not go watch them play in two years. Yeah, uh, exactly. That is for sure. Uh, here, here's an interesting comment. Uh, Tenday says those bacon wrapped hot dogs after the USC games are the best thing about the Coliseum. I've never had one of those, I mm. never knew that was a thing. Yeah, Neither did I. I've been to the Coliseum twice for games. Twice, yes, I was there in 2014 and 2016. I didn't know that was a thing. So I'm blaming Tenday that he didn't tell me that beforehand. I know he probably had no clue I was back in 2016, but I'm still <laughs> holding him responsible That's for right. not telling me about this before. I may have to have whoever covers the game this year um, maybe bring me one of those back or something like that. That sounds phenomenal, or I'd just make one. But that sounds phenomenal. I dig that. Very, very much, very, very much. So Vince, uh, I think here we go. We got one last question, I believe. yep it's um, in. Uh, from Kramer Highlights. Hello from San Diego. welcome.
1: Question a yeah, lot where of,
2: my wife is from by America. the way. Well
1: a yeah. lot of in Escondido. has been on Notre Dame's future. What realistic expectations can we expect from Notre Dame this season being
2: year one in the Coach
1: Freeman year? We actually did a show
2: about it. That's this. what I was going to say. Kramer, I would encourage you to listen to yesterday's show, <laughs> and I think we did a great job of diving into that. Um, we Agree or disagree, and uh, we had some comments from fans and other type of different things uh, that I thought was very much enjoyable. So I would encourage you to check that out. But I think the one thing you're going to see – you're going to see a far more competitive football team this year. Just how they go about their business on a daily basis, and I think that is going to be a big thing for me. Uh, Jules has a comment. He goes, "I'm from Phoenix. I've, I've been to all Fiesta Bowl since 1990s, and we have been destroyed in all games. I need a win." Yeah, I'm with you. Well, yeah. they weren't destroyed in all those games because they weren't destroyed this past January 1st in the Fiesta Bowl. Yeah, first
1: half and and,
2: year. and so. you know he's young, right? So the, the 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 you know the the 1989 Fiesta Bowl turned out to be all right. Last time Notre Dame won a national championship. I have been in that stadium because that used to be played, I believe that used to be played in Tempe, where Arizona State plays, correct?
1: Yeah, I think so.
2: And I was a, I was at the Notre Dame Arizona State game in 2014. So that was pretty cool. So nice. yeah, I've been very fortunate to to this job has taken me a lot of places to see some pretty cool yeah, games. I'm pretty jealous um, of those yeah. Oh, AM's another one. I wouldn't mind seeing a game there just to see that. You know, oh, but it's yeah. not it's not in my top list. It's just as I'm thinking of games Notre Dame's gonna play in the next decade. That's that's why I think it'd be you know. Kind of cool. Absolutely. Yeah. So there you looking,
1: go. Still looking forward to that. The brand new Vegas Stadium, man. Like, yeah, the, the shine is still. It's on either
2: it. going to be really cool or still too just too much. Yeah. Well,
1: it's funny because yeah. all the teams that I follow are in old stadiums, right? right. The Cubs, nineteen fourteen. You know, Notre Dame Stadium, old. The Bears, old. Like, yeah. I've never really been to a brand. The most brand new stadium I've ever been to is in Detroit, and. Yeah. It's Not that new, you know what I mean? And so yeah. I am excited about it to see if I like a new stadium. You know, it looks yeah. cool on TV, but let's
2: we'll see what all the like, I think like it, yeah. It, I think Jerry World's a kind of a cool place. Like the yeah. game we went to in uh in, in Arizona. I mean, I I if you remember, Vince obviously was at that game. uh, so Vince got to cover that game, but uh you know, I was in the stands and we were I purposely got in the upper deck, but I got front row like at midfield. Remember yeah. the the seats Chelsea. I sent you and i'm like man it's like that's one thing i love about the new stadiums is is the best place to be in a lot of these is like up front of the top deck yeah right because the view is so good yes and that's i i really enjoyed that so it that was a lot of fun stadium. i will say that it was just so strange that it was
1: I, i'm just not used to dome stadiums it's so- and the
2: angle from where you sat during the game is not ideal oh in the corner yeah, yeah. The corner. I, I was that's where i sat in 15 because when I got my dad Fiesta Bowl tickets in 2015, I could only afford one. So I covered the game and I sent him. Uh, but I was fortunate to be able to take him and my and my nephew this right. year. So it's the first time my nephew'd ever like not spent, you know, the night at my parents' house or his parents' house. That was a lot of fun. But he had so much fun. We were like climbing the, there's like this did you see that big hill right by the hotel, the like had this like the amphitheater, but then it was on like the rocks. We we went up there and we went I sent you a picture of when I was um, in the go-karts, and Vince, like, I had, like, a, the go-kart helmet. I sent Vince a picture. He's like, what in the heck is that? we <laughs> <laughs> forgot to tell him where I was. There was no context. I got so kidnapped. That. They're taking me to space. Elon Musk kidnapped me. <laughs> sending me to what Mars. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was a lot of fun. A yes. lot of fun. So, anyway, that's going to do it, Vince. Why don't you go ahead and take us out of here, buddy? Yes, well, thank you everybody
1: for joining us on this edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. Make sure you hit that like button, subscribe to our channel, hit that notification bell because you never know when there's going to be an additional show. Share with your friends, share and share alike. If you're listening to us on the podcast, go ahead and give us a five-star review. And I'm going to say it all again because Mace always puts it in here. We have
2: 6 o'clock tonight, IB Nation, Sports
1: Talk. Sports Talk, make sure you check that out. Join the IB message board, hit the like, subscribe, notification bell, share this podcast, and leave a five-star review. Visit the IB store for the best merch. And as always, go
2: Irish. Thanks for being with us, everybody. Mailbag tomorrow. Woo-woo.